Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello, and welcome back to the No Ratings Podcast. We have a bit of a special because FPL is one of those things that everybody plays. And I'm not doing particularly well, so I thought, you know what, I feel we should build an episode which is going to help me make my team better so I can win the No Ratings Podcast Mini League because I'm miles behind the guy at the top. But I thought I could bring in the regulars. I'll be honest, none of us know enough about FPL, so I thought, let me go and get the real FPL heads. We've got FPL mate Dan joining us, we've got Abdul as well as FPL Salah, and I have got a regular, mainly because I knew he'd have a fresh trim. It's the end of the week. Liz is with us as well, my boy. Um, Abdul, Dan, I didn't tell you this before, but every time a new person comes onto the pod, you have to give us a fun fact, uh, or a fun or just a fact before we start having a chat. I'll give you a second to ponder, and then I'm going <laughs> to throw it to one of you. Uh, but just very quickly, Liz, have you had a fresh trim for the pod? No, nah, it wasn't for the pod, but you know, if it, if it coincides, why not? <laughs> you spent, you got too much money, man. You're having a fresh trim every single week. No, the, the problem is I don't have anything else to spend my money on. That's the issue. <laughs> Um, right, facts. I'm going to come to Dan first. Have you got a fun fact for us? Um, oh, just very quickly, by the way, is that a 100k plaque in the background? Yeah. Yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. I'm jealous. Well, I'm jealous. My little flex right there. <laughs> You've got to flex it in the background. It's got a, it's, course, it's got a chorus. Yeah. chorus, chorus. 
Crazy, uh, man. All right. Fun fact. Uh, I was very, very almost on the 2012 series of Big Brother. What? In the UK. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's sort of crazy. made it down to the final few people before they chose. Um, 2012. Yes. Damn. Yeah. How, how old were you? I thought you were like 20 or something. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. I'll be 30 <laughs> in a month. So. Uh... Whoa. That's where it's good, Dan. I thought you were like 22. Yes, yes, this is the vibe I'm going for. So, yeah, I was 19 at the time. I um, went through all the audition processes. Uh, they liked me, and uh, but not quite enough to go on the on the show. But almost, wow. almost. Just a very quick question on that. Like, I've never even thought about applying, and I don't plan to. But what is the process? Like, how do you actually get on to Big Brother? Um, well, at, back, back at, in those days, you used to send in an audition tape. They'd like announce it on social media set or whatever, on, on TV. You send in an audition tape. Um, if they like you, they invite you in. Uh, so this one was in Wembley. So we all went down to Wembley, sort of, you know, maybe a thousand people. And um, basically, they'd throughout the day, they'd do different interviews and different games and they'd whittle you down at each stage. Um, you know, it would go from a thousand to 500 to 200 to maybe 100, uh, down and down and down. And I made it to the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where my journey came to an end. That, that is outrageous. Then you became a YouTuber <laughs> with over 150,000 followers. So uh, eventually, eventually, yeah. 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abdul, I, I feel you won't be able to top that, I'll be honest, but <laughs> I'll take a fact here. Any fact will do. Yeah, you, you know what? I was I was just, I couldn't think of anything, but something just popped into my head. So I'm, I'm, I was actually in a Bollywood movie when I was uh, about eight. <laughs> yeah well not like as an as an actor as, as an extra but you clearly saw me so it was like the movie's called arzu um it had, had maduri dixit and um akshay kumar right so they came to dundee basically to do like a uh one of their you know like the the song shoots yeah and uh so there's a scene where they had where they told all the kids like you know there's some guy who gets out of the car and they need all the kids to run up to the guy because in the film the guy was famous so all the kids were running up to him so like you see me like uh, running up and then you see me climbing on top of a car because there was a car in front of me I could get over it. So you see me like kind of clambering on top of the car. So yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I've, I've seen that movie quite a few times just to kind of see myself in it. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna lie. For context, for those of you that don't watch Bollywood, this is basically every Asian person's dream. Like I wish I was an eight year old kid in a Bollywood film. I'll, I'll do it now to be honest. Um, and, and no one, no one will lie, right? I, I spoke to Maduri Dixit. I was I was eight at the time, right? So obviously, and I asked her, asked her for a number. <laughs> <laughs> I was just basically like, you know, I was just obviously I was like, uh, you know, planning on I don't know at the time maybe phoning her or some some something like that. But yeah, I asked for a number, and uh, I can't remember what she said to be honest, but I'm, I'm pretty sure she never gave me it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, how old did you say you were? You were eight. I was eight. Yeah, yeah. Did you even have Probably a phone? Wait, give me ten years, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your blow? We did better now. Uh, well, I mean, I, for, for those of you that don't know, um, she is by far one of like the biggest icons in Bollywood yeah. history. Um, yeah, that's crazy to me. I've watched that film. I've watched that film. My dad. A little, little did I know. I have been seeing you in films. Yeah. I've waited long before I followed you on Twitter. I'm, yeah, yeah, those are those fun facts are something to top. Um, Lee, have you got anything for us this week? Like, have you been up to anything? Because I feel like I've seen you on uh, multiple pods. Uh, I feel like you're always doing something at the moment. Yeah, I'm really busy. But I did catch that you had uh, Yarny on the podcast the other day, bro. And I actually share the same fun fact as him. But when you asked me the first time, I never thought of it as like a fun fact. But yeah, I'm from the same village or my family is from like the same village 
uh, as his family is, which is like his fun fact was that that's 10 minutes away from where Benzema and Zidane grew up. I got the same fun fact, but I just didn't think wow. of it at the time. <laughs> wow. I can't, I can't remember what fun fact you gave, but I remember it being pretty shit. I'm not I, think gonna like, I'm, I think it's like I'm the only North American on this podcast. And when I think about it, that's, the Zidane thing is a bit more interesting. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, um, that was that was immense. That was, I can't, we've basically got two actors in the chat. <laughs> um, right. As always, uh, we'll open with last week's icebreaker. I'll get your thoughts on it very quickly. It was a good one. It was a very good one. It had a lot of interaction on social media because it is a really difficult question to answer. And your boy came up with it. It's probably our best form in icebreaker so far. Don't know why we have producers when you got me. Anyway, who's the most replaceable out of Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets? Um, Leos, I'll come to you first because I think I saw you tweet about this. What did you say? I said I'm staying out of it, man. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to put any of my guys under the table, man. I, the, the only thing I said, Ray, I can't give you a straight answer for that. But what I will say is that I've seen Spain with two thirds of that trio, and it was Iniesta and Xavi in 2008 where they won the Euros. And I've seen Barcelona with two thirds of that trio when it was Iniesta and Busquets, and they won the Champions League, La Liga, and Copa del Rey. So I'm not saying who's the most replaceable, but I know who's the most irreplaceable, and it's the guy who's done it without either of them. All right. Um, Dodging the bullet. <laughs> all right. Um, Dan, anyone that sticks out for you? I would say that Busquets is probably the hardest to replace um, because arguably Iniesta and Xavi are already being replaced right now in Pedri and Gavi. So, oh. I, I mean... it's think they're replacing really them, though? I mean, like, in terms of legacy then surely like the same kind of mold of, of kind of midfielders. Um, I kind of, I kind of like it. And they're both what they're like 17 and 19. So think in like a few years time, could we start putting them in the same conversation as we were at the time with Xavi and Iniesta? Possibly. I think, I think, I, I think that could be a huge reach. I can't lie to replicate what those two did. If they, if they go on to have those careers, fair enough, man, I owe you I owe you something, but <laughs> I also think too, like the, the the year where Barca won six trophies in a year too. We're talking about Busquets. Barcelona Barcelona won those six trophies that year, playing Gaia Toure a lot at central defensive midfield. So I'm, I don't really want to say any of them are replaceable. I know it's not the the, the fun mm. answer for you, Nevade, but I just think all three of those guys brought so much to the table. And hey, man, if Pedri and Gavi can replicate what those two did, boy. Spain and Barca got something on their hands. They're quite unlucky, Pedri and Gavi, because Barca, in, in the start of their career, and I think it'll continue for a while, Barca are not the powerhouse that they were under when Xavi yeah. and Iniesta were there. So it was almost like a given that Xavi and Iniesta would win trophies. Obviously, they were the heartbeat of that team, but they also had Messi at his absolute prime. They had Puyol, Dani Alves. They had essentially a huge list of players, mm. whereas at the moment, Barca, you're going, they've got Pedri and Gavi. And a few others. <laughs> so yeah, they got to hope Ansu Fati can do maybe what Messi can do. <laughs> Ansu Fati needs to get fit again. Um, Abdul, do you have a different opinion on it out of what these uh, have just said? I mean, I watched a lot of Spanish football, like when Xavi and Iniesta played. So I've seen a lot of them. But recently, um, I don't think I've seen enough of Biscuits to actually, you know, I, I think I can give like an informed opinion. So I'm going to go Biscuits as the most replaceable because because I've Grown up watching Xavi and Iniesta. I've not seen much of Busquets. Um, I'm going to go with him. All right, all right. I said um, Busquets is the least replaceable, but I've got a lot of bias towards holding midfielders because that's me. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> and I just loved Busquets. I, I think whenever I watch Busquets, I always go like, I don't feel like you can look like him in the sense like he's six foot skinny and be as... Uh, mobile yet immobile as he I don't know how to describe him he's such a bizarre footballer 
and I said this on the pod when we were talking about it. If he walked past me in the street, I'd be like, you're a netball player. He's not a footballer. <laughs> um, but anyway, we are here for FPL. And before we get into game week 16, planning for the World Cup, what team you should have. We'll also talk about World Cup fantasy and everything else. What I want to know is how you guys got into FPL because you guys are absolutely killing it in the scene. Uh, you've got hundreds of thousands of followers and thousands of thousands of people who really believe in what you say. Um, so... Dan, obviously, as I said, I've alluded to the fact you've got a, a YouTube plaque in the back and you alluded to the fact you've been grafting for a while. But what I want to know is the Logan origin story. Give me that Wolverine story. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, basically, I've been in FPL, I've kind of been playing since probably like I was a teenager. Like casually, you know, you play it with your mates and you go into a workplace and they say, hey, we've got a league. Do you want to join it? And you're like, hey, yeah, why not? Um, but basically, like in, in terms of getting involved with the FPL community, I've been making YouTube videos for like maybe 15 years, 16 years on various different channels, wow. like right from the inception of YouTube. Um, I've done all kinds of different stuff. I've done video games. I've done, um, you know, commentary, uh, all kinds of different stuff on YouTube. And I basically got to a point a few years ago where I was like, I'm not really enjoying the content I'm making anymore. Like, I don't have any faith in it. I'm just kind of making it for the sake of it. Um, what am I interested in? At FPL. Uh, I think I just won my work mini league. So I was trying to get into it more. So I thought, hey, let's just create a YouTube channel. Uh, obviously, I'm not like a good FPL player historically. But I thought I'd make the channel to try and like force myself to learn more about FPL and also have that creative outlet as well. Uh, that was all over lockdown, and I just threw myself in in it completely. You know, moonlighting every night, um, and yeah, within a, a couple of years, um, we're now the number one uh, a fantasy sports creator in general in the whole of the UK on YouTube, which is um, oh really uh, mind blowing. Um, which is it's just incredible for someone who's just casually played the game has an, it, just a passion and an enjoyment rather than any sort of professionalism or experience just go and do it so yeah it's been an amazing amazing journey i remember when you first were on twitter um and there was like there's so, i don't know why but there's so many people who were like on your case and i, I remember tweeting yeah. you going bro, what's going on? I was like, why is everyone so angry at you? Like, it made no sense to me because the FPL space is full of like really warm characters. Everyone's really lovely to each other. Um, as, well, from my knowledge anyway. Um, and then you came along and I was like, why is everyone onto this kid? Um, and in my head, I was like, you're like 15, leave him alone. But clearly you weren't. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Um, Abdul, what's your origin story? And also, I just want to very quickly say, obviously, if you listen to the No Rates pod, then you know, culture is a big part of this pod abdul's rolled up and i absolutely appreciate it beyond belief and it's a warakamis which if you don't know what that is give it a google <laughs> um he's pulling it off and it looks amazing um but talk to me about this fpl origin story um well i started playing like in 2006-7 so really early i was like 18 at the time and one of my mates just asked me to you know i had no clue what fans football was he says look we've got this fans football league join it blah blah, blah. um so i joined it in game week too so they were all ahead of me, and I ended up winning that league. Um, so just just from that, like you know, I, I just kind of got hooked. Um, I just you know I, I thought I was great at the game. <laughs> at, at that time, I wasn't. Um, but you know, I just you get the bragging rights with the mates and all that. So we just kept on playing, and then just slowly, slowly, um, you know, I started going on the websites. You know, obviously, you know, trying to keep up, you know, my winning streak, etc. You know, going on the websites, and then uh, about three or four years ago, I think now three and a half years ago, um, I, I came on Twitter. 
like, I, I honestly didn't have any intention of like going into like content creation or anything like that. Um, but you know, like after about a year on Twitter, um, you know, I got asked to kind of start writing co- uh, FPL content. I just kind of snowballed from there. Honestly, like when I think about it now, like you know, the amount of like followers I've got and you know what I'm doing, I just like sometimes can't believe it. It's like I'm really grateful, and um, you know, just I'm kind of doing something I love, like you know. Like work wise, you know, it's like a career now for me. Which, like, you know, five six years ago, if you, if you told me that, I'd be like, no chance. So, brother, you have been very humble. I'm going to read out your bio to you because I feel like everyone puts the best stuff in their bio. Um, <laughs> uh, Athletic FC contributor, uh, official FPL, Sky Sports, and Premier League FPL on TV. This is the bit that I'm here for for this pod. Four top one K finishes, top one K ranks in your words. Yeah. Six. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. Six top five k ranks. How? Like, I'm not, I don't think. I don't think. And, and and when I was going through the period of playing FPL religiously, when I had a show with James Orcock called the FPL FY Show, I was obsessed with FPL and researching beyond belief. And I think the highest I got was like ninety nine thousand. And I worked so hard to get to that point. You were ninety eight thousand ahead of that. How does how does that happen? It's just as you just like yourself, I'm, I'm like, totally obsessed with the game. Uh, you know, since the start, you know, since basically that first season, I've been totally hooked with it. And um, just, be, I mean, there's obviously with the FPL, you know as well. There's a lot of luck involved, right? So obviously, you need to play well, but you need that bit of luck as well to get to those kind of top one K finishes. And a few of the hey, top listen, one... the thing is, thing is, though, hold on, hold on. To finish in top one K once is like you need a bit of luck to do it four times. Was that what I say? Crazy. I'm looking at my. I'm looking at my history right now. The highest I ever finished was 142,000. That's that's crazy. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just a bit more addicted than you guys. I guess. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. While we're here, Liz, obviously you're not the uh, you're not FPL Liz, but you. No. When I texted you earlier, you were like, I play a lot of FPL. Yeah. Um, You've obviously, you came to the UK like two years ago, if I'm not wrong, right? No, last year. It's actually been around a year now. Congratulations. No, Make sure you, you give this man a passport. Um, <laughs> did you, were you, were you playing FPL over there? Is it big over there or no? No, it's not big over there, but I played a lot of FPL growing up. Like for me, growing up in the US anyways, right? Not a lot of people were as into football as I was. So I was always trying to find like games or something that could get me like more involved, not just with the sport itself, but with the community that was obviously like a whole ocean away. And fantasy, uh, Premier League was obviously something that I immediately got. I can't remember how I initially found it. It must have been I was just looking on the on the app store for football games. That must have been the first thing I clicked on. But I tried getting my dad into it. I had to. I, I when I went to university, right? I used to text my dad every single Friday before the game week started. Make sure you change your team. Make sure you change your team. <laughs> I'm just giving him tips and stuff like that. But now I even remember like. Thursday or like Wednesday kickoffs, like me being in the middle of a lecture, asking to go to the bathroom and like changing my team up like 10 minutes before the deadline. I used to play this stuff. I still do a lot, but religiously uh, growing up as a kid. So I didn't have as many like friends to play in many leagues and stuff like that, but I've been playing this stuff for... You've just for, been out there on your own. You must have been yeah, talking yeah, yeah. like your region, no? Like must be, because there was no one playing over there. Yeah, yeah, no, honestly, like I, I used to do really well in like the US in particular, but like the UK, like I said, like the highest I've ever got was 142nd. Thousand, not 142nd. Yeah, I mean, with, with Twitter as well, too, right? You can like make all these leagues and like invite your followers to come yeah. play with that stuff, like that, too. So now it's a lot more easier, but yeah, I've been playing this for a lot. Uh, to be fair, I think I I was I was a massively casual like FPL player, then I got the FPL FY show, 
And I was like, I don't have a choice but to completely get obsessed with this game. Otherwise, they're going to sack me from the job. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I was... One more thing, too. I'll tell you this, right? The funniest story for me ever playing FPL was me and my roommate got like, we were very competitive in general, but we both had our teams and it was basically just us two in a league. And it got so competitive that we wouldn't even share with each other the transfers we were making every single week. Like, <laughs> we, like we had no idea what transfer we were making every week just because we were so close on points and we were so afraid that we would get the same transfer just to keep the other person at the top. That we just kept it all anonymous. It got crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one thing I love FPL for. Like you get like in the no ratings pod league, I will tell you, there's a guy at the top. I don't even know who this brother is, and I refuse to share anything with him. I think I've blocked him on Twitter, so he can't see my tweets about <laughs> FPL. Genuinely, because I'm like, go away. <laughs> there's the, so yeah, the top three: Tom Walker, whose team name is Free Ronnie Moore. Mm. Um, second is Guy Bonello, his team name is Wakao. And third is Shakir Islam, whose team is Shaq FC. All three of those guys, I swear to God, are blocked on my Twitter. <laughs> they will not see any tweets that I put out about FPL because I'm taking it personally. Yeah, um, top right, for those of you... Yeah, the thing is, FPL is one of these things. It's so comp- nicely competitive. <laughs> um, but I don't know these guys. So, like, I don't need to be nice to them. Um, <laughs> I want to win the league. Too, right? Is like, people always ask, why is it so competitive? Because there's no, like... I mean, obviously, like, there's prizes if you finish so high. But, like... There's no prize if you just beat your friend, but like the competitiveness is so crazy. Like the, the levels we reach just to beat people we don't even know is crazy. <laughs> it's obsessive. It's a pride. Um, it's a pride. You play, yes. for, yeah. play for pride. Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing though, isn't it? Because like, it like, I don't know. I, I, I can't liken it to anything else. I was trying to think of something else that like I find that competitive that has no value to life. Like, <laughs> like for you guys, obviously it's slightly different. Like if, if say Abdul, you do well or Dan, you do well, you mm. get like the street cred and people go, yeah, they're the guys, which is mm. why when FPLFY was out, I was like, I have to do well because I become, I got no credibility if I do badly. <laughs> um, but then I just went the opposite way. I was like, wait, if I do badly, I can kind of like use myself as a meme and just be like yeah. a character instead of like someone yeah. who is really good because it's actually quite hard to be really good. Um, let's talk about that game week 16, the last game week before the World Cup, which makes, I think this World Cup makes FPL more unique, obviously, like it does with anything in terms of football, uh, but also makes it much more interesting because anything could happen during the World Cup. You could come back and have to change your team completely. Uh, we are going to talk about wild cards and strategies, but just going into game week 16, Abdul, what would be your number one go-to tip? What's your idea in your head that you need to make sure you're doing before the game week 16 happens and then also after? Yeah, I think... Um... I think going into game week 16, I think for me, the, the, the biggest kind of advice I would give is like not to take a hit because I think you need to set your, your team up um, because obviously after game week 16, um, you know, we've got the unlimited transfers again. So taking a hit is, is you usually when you take a hit, you've got like, you know, two or three weeks or whatever for it to pay off. Whereas now we're kind of going into a wild card. So taking a hit is really, really going to be, you know, if you do take a hit, it's going to be really hard to, for that to pay off. Mm. So really, just kind of organize your team. Um, you know, in a normal week, you know, if you there would be if, if there was a transfer, for example, in a normal week, you'd take a hit. You know, but this week you wouldn't. Um, like for example, if you've got Tony or or whatever. But yeah, I think that would be my biggest kind of um, advice going into the game week. Kind of game state wise, I'd say looking at the fixtures. You know, like teams like I think you need to have like Liverpool players. I know they've not you know been at their best this season, but they've got Southampton at home. Spurs and City. So I think if you kind of load up on them, they've all got good home games. Um, I think you should be fine for the game week. I mean, I, I think I, I personally wouldn't say load up on Liverpool players being a Liverpool fan. <laughs> Regardless of who Liverpool play, it doesn't matter. You don't know what's going to happen. 
Um, but I guess you know best. So why am I even? Why no, am I even going to case forward? <laughs> no, I mean, I would say, I would say, like with Liverpool, I mean that. I think in football and FPL, I think the, the best way to play is play the fixtures. And, you know, Southampton at home, Liverpool haven't been the best, but they are still like in the top five for goals and for for goals scored on XG. So, although they aren't at that, you know, that high elite level they were last season, they are still, you know, scoring goals and they are, they are still capable of, like, you know, putting a good few past Southampton. So, and on top of that, at the moment, like, like Salah, Trent, they're like so lowly owned. They're like, Salah's about 40% now. Trent, I think, is less. Yeah. And that's like, they've not been that low owned, like, for the last five seasons. Um, so it is a big opportunity as well there for like you know um, for the different angels because usually when Salah and Trent bang like it doesn't make a difference because they're like 100% owned yeah. so a good opportunity there as well I was going to ask you a little bit about Liverpool actually because I'm kind of having that same conundrum of my team obviously Salah and Trent would have been the two that everyone entered this year going in with but also forget mm. about how much they're owned they're also extremely expensive so trying to fit in I think I don't know what Trent is valued at these days. Whether it's seven point zero or six point eight, that, that's that's difficult to kind of just like put in your team for the odd game week. Outside of those two, is there anyone you're looking at at Liverpool that so far has really been a guarantee for points, as good as you can get as a guarantee, or anyone you'd look forward to? I, th- I don't think so far, but I think going into this week, Darwin Nunes definitely because I think he's he's had a bit of a kind of uh, like you know topsy turvy career so far. But you know, you got sent off for that headbutt. Yeah. Um, and then Firmino started banging in, you know, banging in the goals. So he was kind of like, you know, um, he wasn't getting as much game time as we thought. But I think now he, he will start the next two. And um, I mean, Darwin's the type of player as well. Like he he kind of plays as as a main centre forward, even when Firmino starts. You know, Firmino usually plays as as um, as a kind of number ten role. So he's going to get the most uh, chances uh, for Liverpool. Um, we've seen that as well, you know. We've seen it in his, even his XG figures. You know, the, the games he's played. So I, I definitely Nunes. I think. I'm probably looking at uh, bringing Nunes in game week nine as well. Uh, sorry, game week sixteen as well, possibly. I think is he eight point eight million. Yeah, eight point nine. Yeah. Oh, so expensive, man. Mm. Um, Dan, game week sixteen. Where where are you at with this? What are you thinking? All right. Well, I mean, take what I say with a pinch of salt because Abdo is is genuinely a fantastic uh, FPL manager. I'm just a fan. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, echo similar sentiments. It's, it's, you know, we're looking at one game week and then we've got unlimited transfers who short-term thinking is heavily encouraged um, because that's pretty much all you can do. Uh, uh, the other team that I might mention that might be worth targeting or going for some players from is, is maybe Manchester United because they do play Fulham in 16. Uh, Fulham, mm-hmm. their defensive numbers are just absolutely in the mud right now. So, uh, you know, a Marcus Rashford might be worth yeah. having a look at. Um, and Diogo Dallo potentially at yeah. right back, uh, depending on if he gets a yellow card. Those are, um, like, those are my last two transfers I brought in, actually, Dallo and oh, Rashford. Hey, yeah. that's all right then. That's all right. <laughs> they've got, uh, yeah, they've got some decent fixtures. That Fulham game, it's just mm. a good game to target. You know, everyone yeah. was you know talking about targeting Man City players against Fulham. It's the same again against Manchester United. So, yeah, um, aside from that, that's pretty much all I would consider probably is, is Rashford. Uh, I don't know if Ronaldo's going to get any Premier League game time. Bit of a mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rashford looks pretty good. Uh, Luke Shaw, maybe if you fancy that. Uh, yeah, Manchester United mm. players look pretty decent for sixteen. I'm yeah. looking at these fixtures, and you've got City play Brentford. So, like personally, this is my feeling anyway. I'd be going heavy on. I have De Bruyne, I have Haaland, and I and I think I have Cancelo now. I got rid of Ruben Diaz, bought Cancelo in. I hate Cancelo actually. Um, not not the guy Cancelo. Nothing against him. The FPL option that is Cancelo because his numbers are always high, 
And the week that I take him out, he'll get an 18-point haul. Yeah. The week I bring him back, he'll get six points. <laughs> it's really, really annoying. Um, I mean, I, to be fair, I've just bought in um, Almiron. So I guarantee you Almiron blanks. It's, it's, go on, Liz. I still have not put Almiron in my team because I'm convinced the second that I do, the run is over. It's the same thing with Trossard. I'm still so reluctant to, to put Trossard in my team because I just know my team is cursed, man. Almiron is... I can't believe the season he's having. I mean, like, and if you look at his numbers as well, if you look at his stats, I mean, he's putting up good numbers. So it's not like a fluke. I mean, I think it's coincided with Newcastle being a much, much better team as well. Yeah. I mean, they've. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of snuck a top four finish this season. But yeah, Almiron, I think, is the real deal. I don't think he's going to score at the same rate as he is now, but he's only like 5.4 million, I think. 5.5 million now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a risk-free buy. Yeah. Cheap. Um Looking at these fixtures then, you have City, Brentford, Bournemouth, Everton. This is my feeling. Just feel feel free to chip in. But like when I look at the fixtures, I always I have a weird thing. I don't like to go with five players in one fixtures. So one fixture, should I say? So if it's say like I don't know, City Brentford, let's say for example, I've got David Wright, Ivan Tony, Harlan, Cancelo, De Bruyne. That's half of my game gone at the twelve thirty kickoff and the last game week before. Um I try and avoid that feeling like the plague. Then you've got Bournemouth Everton. Personally, I wouldn't bother. I don't know if anyone has a like a personal preference towards maybe an Everton defender because they've been defending quite well. Solanke, mate. Solanke. Yeah, Solanke. Oh, no, man. <laughs> His numbers are down recently, to be fair. Last couple of game weeks. I don't think he took a single shot or key pass against uh, Spurs uh, in 14, which was pretty depressing. Nah, don't, don't do it, Big Dom. He's, he's, he's on penalty. He's <laughs> minute, man. True, Just walk next to the game. Uh, Nathan um, Hudson as well in a, in that for that Everton team four million right back. Uh, yeah, he's fit again, he's isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's back. He had some good points tallies earlier in the season. Actually, he'll be. I think Everton are quite an interesting one because they defend him better. But mm-hmm. the problem with Everton is, like, if a defender you put in is four point eight million, I think Tarkovsky is five million. I could be wrong, but someone like Tarkovsky, yeah, uh, the Cody. maximum number of Cody, yeah, Cody the maximum like number of points he's going to get is six. Um, yeah. And I feel at the moment, yeah. there's more points to be had there. Like You could get in maybe a Shaw against Fulham or Dallow, who yeah. picks up a 9 or a 10. And them three or four points are so important in FPL. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest. And, and this comes to the next point, actually. Before we started recording, I said, we need to talk about wildcard and free hits. And both of you two went, why, why have you got your wildcard? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it turns out me and Leah, we both got our wildcards yeah. in play. Um, Dan, why why are you talk, what happened with your wild card first? Then then we'll talk about the wild cards that need to be in play. Um, I can't remember exactly what game week I played. I think it was like six or eight or something like that. I think that's probably the usual time. Uh, I, I probably some of the more seasoned FPL managers uh, would play it. Not that I am one, but you know from observation, just because you kind of have a good idea by then, you've got enough data to support what kind of moves you want to make often there's an international break around then obviously um you know you can look at the fixtures if there's a fixture swing around then it's usually a, just a generally a good time anywhere between six and eight um for that kind of just like fix all the mistakes you made in pre-season basically <laughs> um i i've got to be honest i don't know why i saved my wild card um i think i just i was like kind of liked my team kind of didn't mm. like my team and then ended up at a point where i was like I don't want a wild card because it's only two or three transfers, a waste of a wild card. Um, but then the moment I hop on and Abdul goes, why have you got your wild card? I immediately go, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. Um, 
But let, let's pretend that I'm not doing it wrong because I feel there will be a few <laughs> people out there. I mean, just between us four, me and Leah's are two of the, 50% of the, the people That's right true. now haven't used our wild card. If yet. I tell you why I didn't use my wild card, I meant to use, I'm looking at my game week history right now because I remember why I didn't use it. Game week six, I meant to use it and I made literally the most amateur mistake and I was like very annoyed at the time making my transfers and I forgot to press wild card at the end of it. So I, oh, ended, up, I ended up getting a minus 20 deduction or some crazy, <gasps> crazy thing like that. I dropped 500,000 places at that point. And I even considered quitting for the season at that point. But that's why I haven't used my wild card. I, I remembered it enough. Yeah, stupidity. Nah, nah, I, I, I was annoyed at the time. After that, I, I really considered throwing my, my phone out the window. It was crazy. <laughs> um, Abdul, let's, let's, yeah. say that, let's say there are people out there that need to use their wild card. Uh, for game week 16 you've obviously gone city is one to go after um honestly i'm looking at these fixtures and i'm going what a stupid mistake from me because there's there's no fixture where i'm going ah oh, yes that's the fixture i'm going to target apart from city brentford apart from three city players and, and obviously you mentioned potentially uh liverpool is there anywhere else if we we're building a wild card team where you go maybe this might work or maybe that might work yeah i think like yeah, so, so now you need, you basically need to use your wild card as, as like a free hit. So you need to kind of go all out, kind of you know for this one game week. So you know highest upside. So yeah, definitely triple city. Um, I would probably go um, honestly. I'd probably go triple Liverpool as well. So I'd probably go Trent, Salah, and Darwin. Um, you know Southampton at home because the thing is when, when you when you play when you play a free hit, which you're basically kind of which you're you're technically doing, not like you know obviously uh, because it's um, you know, we've got the unlimited transfers straight after. You need to just go for the highest upside. So, yeah, the yellow haven't been playing great, but the potential is there. And as I was, as I kind of mentioned before as well, you know, the, the players are going to be really low owned. Um, you won't really get this kind of opportunity again to kind of own Salah and Trent at the ownership uh, they are at the moment. And then Spurs, you know, Harry Kane definitely, um, possibly Perisic. You know, or, or Doherty, one of one of the fullbacks. Anyway, I think you know you you might be able to get a clue on which 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 fullbacks will be playing before the deadline. So definitely one of one of their defenders, and then I think I'd go for the Arsenal boys as well. Um, will Will's away is is never an easy fixture, but they have been especially poor this season, and, and Arsenal have been especially good. So yeah, that's the kind of teams I'd be targeting. West Ham at home as well. Um, you know, possibly you know you could go for a, a Skamaka. Or a, or a Cresswell or Zuma in defence. So I, I think there is, honestly, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think there's a lot of teams there with good home fixtures. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for a kind of, a really kind of high upside free hit. See, my uh, problem here is, I've just been taking notes. Um, so you said go big Liverpool City. I already have three City players. I already have Darwin Rinias. I don't have Salah or Trent. Yes. You said Kane and maybe Perisic. I don't have a Tottenham player, but then I've got three Arsenal players and I've already got Skamaka. So I'm basically using a free hit to bring four players yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. So you you are kind of snookered yourself a bit there, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but um, Abdul, you brought up Kane. Can I ask you a question about that one? Because I have yeah. Harry Kane in my team, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been kind of going back and forth, as well as having this wild card now on my hands between him and Kevin De Bruyne. And I believe at the moment, they both kind of have the same amount of points, but it almost looks like Spurs now are starting to hit a, a bump in the road. The goals aren't coming as freely. Last game week, I had him as my vice captain when Haaland didn't play and he didn't contribute to a goal or an assist in a three-goal three contribution mm. against Bournemouth, which was crazy to see. At this point in the season, do you think it may be time to, to go all in on a Kevin De Bruyne? Who, I think Haaland has taken all the, the, the plaudits this year, but you know, he has nine assists. He's still killing it this year. 
yeah. I mean, I think obviously you, you're in the same position as as Harun that you've got. Um, you know, you. you you're going to be playing your wildcard game week 16. So if you're picking between the two, I'd go Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, because you know because of the fixture. But if you've already got Kane, I wouldn't be kind of using transfers to get rid of Kane for for um, for De Bruyne because Kane he's only blacked in three fixtures this season. So I mean, like you know, yeah. and he's he's been absolutely phenomenal. And he's only the only reason he's not higher owned and he's kind of been a bit overshadowed is because Erling Haaland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's been absolutely you know absolutely out of this world kind of form so Kane is totally fine and I think um, his next two Liverpool at home uh, so sort of game week 16 uh, they've got um, Leeds right I think Leeds at home yeah so I mean it doesn't get much better but again if you're playing the wild card in game week 16 and you're picking between the two I would probably edge towards uh, De Bruyne because that game could be I mean City could easily score 5-6 whereas the Spurs you'd probably bet them not scoring more than three goals in that game you're right you're right Mm. Um, all right, Dan, I'm going to give you the precious task of helping us build this perfect game week 16 team. So let's say we've got um, three City players in there. Let's say Haaland, De Bruyne, Cancelo, probably. That's probably and let's say we've, Yeah, let's say we've gone big on Liverpool with three Liverpool players. We've gone Trent, Salah and Nunez. Um, then you've probably got an Arsenal defender in there, maybe Ben White because he's on the cheap side and yeah, Gabriel probably. Jesus or maybe Martinelli. Leaves you three more players to put in there. Which three would you be going money. for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're broke. You're broke as a joke, but you still need the three best. <laughs> I think I would go for Rashford. Uh, okay. Assuming there's enough midfield slots left, which <laughs> there might be. Um, defender. Oh, defenders are kind of interesting one because we do need to find someone cheaper there, right? So uh, mm-hmm. maybe a Luke Shaw. Uh, or maybe go for. I mean, could you play Nathan Patterson in that game? It's against Bournemouth, right? Not a bad um, shout. I feel like you could, potentially. Uh, okay. I've got, I've got the... Look at the cheap players, right? Well, the thing is, you could have three subs that are not going to play and have the cheapest possible subs, giving you more money to actually put into your team. Uh, I've built the team in front of me here. So uh, I've go got on. an easy one for you. Who's definitely going in? Uh, Jack Colback, 4.2 million midfielder. Sticking third on the bench. Cheapest midfielder in the game. Spend the money elsewhere. All right. Safe choice. Um, I think you've got... So where We've got Jesus, Nunez, Haaland. So that's our front three locked off. We probably could do with another midfielder. You've got options like Almiron, um, maybe Pascal Gross, Trossard, Rodrigo, Iwobi. Pascal, um, that, that Pascal Gross is someone right now who's giving me nightmares because I kept this guy seven game weeks in a row. He didn't score a single goal and then I brought him off at the last minute this game week and he scored against Chelsea. No. Uh, uh, That's what I'm telling you about Almiron. I'm scared to bring him in because my team has a curse, man. It's just <laughs> intrinsically cursed. Anyone who comes in it has to bear the consequence. Well, Newcastle play against uh, Chelsea in 16, so... But it, maybe it's an, actually an opportunity to get off of Newcastle players. I mean, tentatively get off of Newcastle players because they also obviously are still a very good team. Uh, but maybe that's your differential for 16. Mm, Chelsea? Maybe Mason Mount? I've got him in my team currently. I wouldn't buy really? any Chelsea players against Newcastle, to yeah. be honest. Great. Cheers. <laughs> I've, had, I've had Trippier and Pope in uh, my team for the last six weeks or something like that. And they've probably been the most consistent. Bar Haaland, of course, uh, point getters. They've been unbelievable. Mm. All right. I think our resulting team looks something like this. You're going to have to bear with me a second because I'm building it while we're sat here. Um, oh, goalkeeper. Did we say anyone for goalkeeper? Oh, Pickford? Uh, Abdul, Leeds, feel free to jump in. 
Pickford. For game week 16, you're saying? Yeah, Pickford at 4.5 minutes, not a bad choice. No. Trent is expensive, man. This team, I don't actually think it's completely affordable. So I was saying Trent and Cancelo in the back line of Haaland and De Bruyne. I don't know if it can happen, bro. I'm working on it. Don't worry, I'm working on it. Game week 16 for goalkeeper. Pickford is probably the best shout, to be fair. 4.5, that's not bad. You could go Guaita, who's got Nottingham Forest away. Robert, Robert Sanchez Sen- has Villa at home that week. That's yeah, I'd, I'd go Sanchez and goals, right? Because you, you, yeah. you're going to need the, the budget. So go Sanchez and goals. Okay. Then your, your three premiums, I think for the three premiums, I'd go um, Haaland, Salah and De Bruyne. Hmm. So no Gabriel Jesus? I don't think you'd be uh, able to afford him, really. You might, you might be able... <laughs> no, I don't think you'd be able to afford Jesus. So I think... Because we've got, I mean, you've got West Ham there, right, with a home fixture at Leicester, so you can get Skamaka in there. I guess you could even go for. Um, I mean, even, you, 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 the worst show. you could even go for Solanke, right? And the reason I say that is because, you know, the fixture is decent, but he's only for like 5.7 million, so he's asking to give you money to kind of upgrade elsewhere as well. Okay. And then you know you can maybe go for like a you know four big you know four kind of decent midfielders instead. All right. If I we are currently two point eight million under the budget. Um or no over the budget, sorry, because we've got Sanchez, Ward, White, Alexander Arnold, Nico Williams, Cancelo, Patterson, Martinelli, uh, Bailey we can get rid of actually because he's shocking. <laughs> um I'm throwing a four point two in here. You said Jack yeah. Callback, didn't you? Callback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, he's not. Wait, is he there? Jack Colbert, where is he? Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah, he's not there. Um, Colbert, El Elneny, De Bruyne, Salah, Darwin, Haaland, Solanke. But we need to save 2.4 million somewhere. So we probably either need to get rid of Martinelli, but then we basically haven't got a midfield, um, or we have to get rid of Trent. You know what? Why not go for... You could possibly go... I mean, Trent to... Is Gomez going to play this weekend, do you think? Or is it Kanate? Um, I think it'll be Kanate. I think it'll be Kanate? Yeah. Um, I mean, we we can actually afford Kanate on the dot. I mean, if you think Kanate is going to start, I think that's a good sacrifice because I think out of those premiums, Trent is probably the most disposable because Liverpool have just been terrible at the back this season. Mm. But he has, he, he's got a big hole in him. He, Trent has always got a big hole in him, so yeah. But I still think he's the most disposable. All right, so I will tell you where we have landed. Um, we have Robert Sanchez. This is the perfect team for game week sixteen. Perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. We're we're trying to build the perfect team. Uh, Robert Sanchez in goal. Then you're back four. You actually have an option. Uh, you've got Ben White, Canate, Nico Williams, Cancelo, and Patterson. You probably bench Nico Williams. Then our midfield is Martinelli. Elneny, no, Martinelli, De Bruyne, Salah, Elneny and Colback on the bench and your front three of Darwin Nunez, Haaland and Solanke, leaving us 0.1 million in the bank. Now, if we move maybe Nico Williams out for a 3.9 million defender, you could actually upgrade Martinelli to Rashford. Do we like that choice? I kind of like it. No, I, don't. I, don't I like it. I don't know. I don't think, um, I think Martinelli is probably the, the far better pick than Rashford, uh, even given the fixture. I mean... 
you know, the way Arsenal have been playing. Mm. Um, I would try and get Rashford in there uh, for Fulham. Rashford's because numbers Fulham... Are, are better than Martinelli's at the moment. I was checking this out this morning because I'm kind of considering bringing him in. Oh, we've um, got an FPL disagreement. Are... <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to be wrong on this one, don't get me wrong. But, um, <laughs> no, no, uh, Rashford's numbers look phenomenal at the moment. They're like the best of pretty much all midfielders. Um, I think if you, if you look at the numbers over the season, um, like you know, like over the, over the kind of over this season, you yeah. know, Martinelli are better. So I, I think for me, I, I usually trust that more than like you know, like a, a two or three game sample personally, because you know players kind of you know they have one or two games which you know they, they play really well, and then you know the, the stats kind of go down. But if you look at it over like the longer period, then that kind of gives you a more a better indication. And I just think Arsenal are just you know the much better team. I think they're the second best team in the league at the moment. Uh, with the second best attack, so I mean, I think going out without Martinelli for that fixture is probably not wise. Um, it's not; it's but, risky, incredibly risky. Yeah, well, but, but saying that, I would try and get Rashford in there. Who, who, who's the other midfielder? You had De Bruyne, Salah, Martinelli, and El Nenny and Callback. Uh, They're way too cheap. So there's only way to get Rashford really in is if you downgrade maybe Cancelo, but you'd still need to save a, a load of money. Yeah, or, yeah. So I think that's where we land: Martinelli over Rashford. And that yeah. is your game week 16 perfect team. Uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our best FPL memories. And the one that I've got is difficult to top. <laughs> Let me tell you about my best FPL memory, mainly because I love telling this story. And I feel like, do any of you guys know this story? I feel like Dan might know it. I think I remember it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Let me give you a great origin. Let me, <laughs> let me, put, let me put this, like, exceptional... Leah is yawning. He's already hating the story. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, me and James Alcott are hosting the FPLFY show, which I think is still available on YouTube. Uh, but don't go and watch it because we don't do it anymore. So don't give anyone any free views. Um, and we we basically tried to build the show whereby it was sort of like cool and try to get some player integration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And me and James would go head to head every single week. I think this was was he? Yeah, he was playing for Southampton at the time. This this player was playing for Southampton at the time, and um, I just had a. I was like, this is the guy. This is the guy this season. And every week he was bagging, and I was like, I've, I've smashed it. It was one of those where I was like, I've called this absolutely right. Um, and then it came to that period in the season where me and James were neck and neck at the top. I think we were two points between us and we were both going, one of us has to triple captain this week because of a dare. And I lost the dare. Um, and then I receive a message on my phone, a video message from said striker saying, hey, bro, I've been watching FPLFY. Probably wasn't, probably got told to say it. Um, but I want you to triple captain me this week. And I was like, what? I don't have a choice. So um, I decided to triple captain said player and uh, sent him a message on Instagram saying, yo, make sure you bag and make sure you're wearing a shirt underneath that says that's for you um, kind of thing. Being like, you know, if he does it, it'll be amazing and great content, etc., etc. But it'd just be nuts anyway. And uh, I've sat down, got my whole family set around it because there was a little rumor, and I don't know if this is true, but the guys that produced the show, they were saying he actually did wear a shirt underneath that said that's for you like Rambo or FPLFI or whatever. And I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. <laughs> um, and uh, they roll up for this game. I think there was a red card after like 12 minutes for his team. 
and at half time it was 5 0, and the Sorry, game finished 9 0 to Leicester. Um, <laughs> and he got subbed at half time. And I messaged him at half, like just before half time, saying, Yo, bro, I need a goal or something like that. And uh, I saw it came up saying scene right on half time. And I was like, <laughs> so, the, the, the player was Danny Ings. Um, I still love the guy. I still back his stocks. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a sad day. It was a sad, sad, sad. And I got ripped to shreds the next show. Um, and I ended up losing the league. So I think the following week, James Triple Captain Salah, and he got a hat trick. And I was like, from two points, I went to like 55 points behind and it was basically wow. done. Um, so that is my best and worst FPL memory ever. Shout out Danny Ingsler because he is genuinely an absolutely lovely bloke. Uh, and to be fair, he took it, not that he took it well, he didn't really have a choice. Um, thankfully, he didn't get memed up. I got memed up because it would have been terrible for him to get memed up. Uh, but yeah, that's my FPL memory. Have you guys got one? I'll go to you first, Abdul. The one on the notes here is, did you ever triple captain Chris Wood and he went on to score a hat-trick? There was a time where Chris Wood in back-to-back seasons was triple captain by the same guy and he got two goals and an assist in that game week in back-to-back seasons. So shout out wow. whoever that was because uh, I wouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, madness. But uh, yeah, that's going to be hard to top, Rambo. But um, my, I've got like kind of two favourite moments. Right? I'll tell you that the first one, right, was this was like kind of back, back in my early days. So um, it was a double game week and... Um, Remember Sessignon, he played for Sunderland? Yeah. So it was Sunderland had, had a double game week, so I captained him on the, in the double game week. And I can't remember who, who, what the two fixtures were, but I do remember like he blanked in the first fixture and um, he, he he almost blanked in the second fixture. So it was the 90th minute in the second fixture, right? And he hadn't scored. And then I remember listening to it on the radio. I was, I was driving in the car. And uh, I just remember, like, you know, the score update coming in and, you know, saying it was Sessignon. And I just remember, like, you know, putting the, the window down and just going ballistic, like, you know, <laughs> shutting my head off, like, celebrating, like, you know, out the window. I remember it was my first car as well. It was like a white a white Toyota Corolla. <laughs> and I'm just, like, you know, over the window and just going crazy. And then that, that was, like, my, that was one kind of memory that kind of sticks in my head because it was just, like, one of those where it was, like, you know, I've just you're just totally dejected because everyone in my mini leagues at that time, like, you know, all my mates used to play. They don't play anymore. And, uh, you know, I know I was going to get ripped for it and then mm-hmm. totally dejected. And then just in a second, just, you know, totally elation. So yeah, that was a, that was a really good moment. But mm-hmm. a, a more recent one was when I bought in um, John Stones. So I think it was last, no, the, the season. Oh, I know this one. I saw the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know that one. So I, I bought him in. I know the only, only reason I got him uh, for that, uh, fixture against Crystal Palace at home was because I couldn't afford Diaz, so I was like point two short. So I got in John Stones, and what does he go and do? Scores a brace and gets a clean sheet. So yeah, that was a, that was another sweet moment. Didn't he? I was met, that like a night. Sorry, so, no. I was just gonna say I met John Stones a couple of weeks ago, and um, he I mentioned that game week to him, and he was How like, "Oh, what." Really? Uh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't play SPL, I don't really care. <laughs> Wait, what, what, did you just go over to him and go, do you remember that Christopher Palace game? I'll put you in my FPL team. <laughs> I just I went up to him, you know, I said, like, you know you are an FPL icon for that game week. And he was like, all oh, right, I've never really thought about it that way. Okay. <laughs> 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 That's unreal. Um, that Ste- Was that when Stefan Sossignon, or just to go back to the yeah. first one, was that when he was at Sunderland? Yeah, Stefan Sossignon, yeah. Yeah, baller, man. Leah's, I'm waiting for Leah to go, yeah, 43 goals in nah, 100 no. games. <laughs> <laughs> um, a random quiz question for you. I think I know the answer to this. Uh, and I'm going to ask Leah this question because I feel like you should know, a man of culture. Uh, yeah. Where is Stefan Sessignon from? 
Oh, Benin. Yeah, good. Not that I know, but it's goals per game. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dan, you got any uh, FPL memories for us? Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, a couple, I suppose. Um, yeah, a few years ago, I think it was when I just started my uh, YouTube channel. I think it was maybe the 2019-20 season. What was the one with the massive interruption for COVID? Was that 2021? 2019-20. Yeah, 19-20. Um, I, th- I think I've got this right, but it was during that period where West Ham played against Norwich and Antonio was at like 1% ownership or something like that. And I transferred him in and uh, he got a hat-trick that game week, which was, wow. uh, which was very, Fair very nice. Play. But yeah, I was like, you know what? I like, I like Antonio right now. This Norwich team are tragic. Let's go for it. Let's see what happens. Didn't obviously predict a hat-trick. I thought a golden and assist or something would be nice. But yeah, we got that, which was very nice for the YouTube channel. Um, but I, the, honestly, like the, the high point uh, in playing FPL for me was, I think, somewhere like game week 27 last season where I was had like a live rank of 12th in the world. And, you know, when, yeah, you, well. when you're at that rank, you start to actually genuinely believe that maybe, maybe you might win the whole thing. Spoiler alert, it didn't happen. But I'm um, still like... Just to be at that kind of rank, even for a brief moment, it's just uh, it's such a good feeling. It really is. It's so hard when you're up there because, like, it's like the guy who's twelfth and the guy who's first. There's like two points between them, right? And it's like, yeah, it's like really, really tight. So, like, if you say bought in, we were just talking about Martinelli and Rashford. If you bought in Rashford and he bought in Martinelli and Martinelli bagged and Rashford didn't, you drop to like eighty seventh, and you're like, oh man, I'm like nowhere near the top anymore. Abdul, yeah. where's the highest you've ever been? Have you been higher than 12th? I haven't, no, nowhere near. Um, I think the highest I've been is around about uh, 300th or something like that. That's actually the highest I've, I've been. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, like the, the, the kind of heights that Dan reached last season was was pretty phenomenal. And uh, I was just thinking, if, if Dan had won, it would have been a total <laughs> meltdown on Twitter, honestly. Really, it, would have been, it would have been insane. I've been it would have been epic, um, yeah. But yeah, one season, but, one driver here. Had a good one, uh, but I'll take that one to my grave. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's it's really difficult up there because you're not just playing against the best FBL managers in the world. You're also playing against the luckiest FBL managers in the world. So you can make every correct decision. And if luck mm. is not on your side, you're going down hundreds of places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it would have been hilarious if you won. I would have paid to watch that. <laughs> that, that would be like, um, it'd be like Leah's boxing for the first time and boxing Floyd Mayweather and winning. People would hate it, <laughs> yeah. but we, some of us would have loved it. Um, Liz, what's your FPL memory? I'm, I'm, I actually looked into FPL on my on my Twitter account just to see old tweets I had last year. Uh, Dan, you were talking about COVID. COVID changed the way everyone played FPL. I remember last year I have a tweet where Villa and Burnley had to cancel their game for COVID because I think Burnley didn't have enough players. And yeah. I tweeted, I literally added Watkins into my team 30 seconds before the announcement. <sighs> that was my transfer oh done my for the God. week. <laughs> but I have two memories, one good and one bad from FPL. I'll give you the good one. Myself being a massive Mares fan, I had stocks in this guy be- the season before he had his player of the year campaign. And I had my FPL team the whole year before. And he never did anything. Like he didn't have a great se- first season in the prem. And the second year, I had him again from the beginning, and I was captaining him every single week. And every single week, people were like, "Oh, it's gonna run out! It's gonna run out!" <laughs> I kept the favorite the whole year, and and he obviously did bits for me. Now, obviously, more than FPL. The worst memory though I ever have in FPL was again that rivalry I had with my roommate, and I lost it because there was a week where I think he had accidentally captained Chris Smalling, who got two goals and a clean sheet against, oh, get against out, Burnley at home, <laughs> captained him. 
like I said, our teams were so similar because we were so competitive at the time, and that was what put him above. And I couldn't, I couldn't catch up for the rest of the year. And from that moment on, Chris Smalling, I think, became my least favorite player in the Premier League, even though he played for my team. It's hilarious because I've heard you get after Chris Smalling more than once, um, and now, now I understand where the hate came from. <laughs> it seems very deep. Um, right, that's FPL Premier League FPL done. Very quickly, World Cup fantasy. Um, Abdullah, you're going to be playing. Oh yeah, definitely. Dan, are you playing? I cannot wait for it. Can't okay, Liz, I'm guessing you're playing because now, is- now I'm playing. I can't lie; this is the first time I'm hearing <laughs> of it. But yeah, we're playing. <laughs> uh, to be fair, is it, it? What is the app available? Like you guys are the pros. What's the app that you would use to play World Cup Fantasy? Um, I think the the McDonald's one is going to be the, the main one. Yeah. I don't think it's out yet. I don't think the game's been launched. But I think for the Euros and for the last World Cup, it was a. Uh, was the McDonald's one? So it's it's the kind of official UEFA one. I don't know if you guys play the the Champions League one, yeah. Champions League fans football, but it's the same kind of company and it's the it's the same format as the Champions League game as well. Okay, um, mm. McDonald's. I refuse to play the game until you make the McChicken halal. So make it halal, <laughs> and I'll be playing a worker fantasy game. Or if they sponsor you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they can keep it haram if they want, but if they sponsor me, I'm good. Um, right, so. In terms of this World Cup fantasy, is there any players, and I'm going to come to you first, Lias, because I feel like regardless of like World Cup fantasy, you have your eyes on players, top top right, bottom center, whatever. said that in the wrong order, but it works. Um, who are you looking at? Like Maybe the lesser known players that you think will have a good World Cup. I mean, I'm, I, fi- I figure if FPL World Cup is the same as FPL Premier League, you kind of want to st- not stay away from the main hitters that you expect to have big tournaments, but... I have a few teams I'm looking at as like dark horses and Serbia for me are definitely one of them. I think they're in a pretty get get outable group, if that's the right word. They had a really good qualifying, qualifying above Portugal. And I would look at any of the attacking trio or even quartet of Vlahovic, uh, Mitrovic, Tadic and Kostic as whether he's going to be like a defender in the game or a midfielder. I think any of those guys as differentials. I sound like an FPL pro right here. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like those those can be decent shouts outside of your typical, like, I wasn't even say Messi and Ronaldo, but you look at Messi and Ronaldo in knockout World Cup history, they don't have great records in it either. So, yeah, those would be ones I would look at. They're in a pretty gettable group with Switzerland, Ghana, and, or Switzerland, Cameroon, and Brazil. So maybe I'd look at them. Denmark as well, I think, could have, could have a really big World Cup, especially with France having that, that curse looming over their head. Mm-hmm. So I'd look at those two teams and look at players there. I think with Kostic as well, he, he might be listed as a as a defender but playing yeah. in the field right. it's, it's always good to have like a, an OOP kind of player so yeah I, I had I had my eye on Serbia as well with the Mitrovic and Tadic because Tadic has you know for Serbia he's just an absolute beast like in, in terms of the, you know if you look in FPL wise he's always getting goals and assists uh, it wasn't kind of hitting those heights at Southampton but yeah um, I had my eye on Serbia as well Dan anyone sticking out for you? Um, yeah I think with with um, international football, I think it's often slightly different where some, certain players, you kind of don't really think of good uh, point scorers in club football. Like, you know, for, uh, a classic example is always like, you know, Shakiri or Xhaka, uh, who would just yeah. completely turn it on for Switzerland. Whereas club <laughs> yeah. level, I mean, it may be a different scenario for Xhaka this season because he's actually been absolutely smashing it for Arsenal. But these kind of players in, in uh, international football fantasy you usually get them for a pretty decent price because they're priced a lot of the time based on their levels at club football a lot of the time. Um, well, or at least some players are priced like that. And they're the kind of hidden gems that you want to look for who are completely different beasts at international level than they are at club level. Shakiri, man. 
tournament footballer, that guy. Tournament yeah. footballer. I would have even said Werner before he got injured. I would have thought yeah, he'd be a yeah. decent shot for yeah. Germany. You know, I, I think uh, Pulisic had my own Pulisic as well, right? Because the, he, the, they've got a not a bad grip. They've got Iran and Wales, obviously, who I think are beatable. And, um, you know, when Pulisic actually starts, like, he is an actually fantastic FPL option. Like, you know, if you look at his kind of chance creation, the chances he gets. So, obviously, with Chelsea's not getting games, but he's going to be a sure starter for, for, for the USA. And, uh, yeah, he's he's one I really had my eye on. And as, as Dan said, he'll probably be, because he's not getting games at Chelsea, he's probably going to be underpriced. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, we've mentioned the dark horses. I mean, to be fair, I'll give you my thoughts. Um, I, I'm stuck, to be fair. When it comes to tournament football, I feel like, there's so many unpredictable things that could happen. So, like, if you go into this and you go, I want Messi, Ronaldo, and Mbappe because they're best best players in the world or whatever, not Ronaldo, um, you're kind of, like, left with loads of question marks over what's going to happen in the tournament. What I've tried to do, and I've, this is probably the stupidest tactic, but I've tried to predict the scores or the results in all the games and then pick players from that point. So I've gone, like... If it's, say, Iran against England, I'm going, I think England win that game, and I think they get a clean sheet, so I need an England defender. England play Wales, England play USA. I don't know if England get two more clean sheets, so do I want another defender? Maybe I'll go for a fullback or a wingback because England will get an assist, which one's going to play, and then broken it down that way. Um, not to say that's going to work, to be fair, because I've basically gone, not only am I trying to predict players, I'm also trying to predict the results as well. Um, so it's a risky strategy. In terms of the big hitters, because there is obviously, it's the World Cup, there's lots of big hitters. Liaz, give me two players that you think will absolutely cook in this World Cup. Two just in general that I think are going to be amazing. Yeah. I'd like to say Messi because I'm hoping that... No, hold on. There's one for sure. Neymar, I think, is going to be the, the player of the tournament. Mm. I think my, my bet mm. for who's going to win the World Cup is Brazil. And anything that Brazil do well comes from Neymar. And I think this will probably be the tournament that finally gives him the respect that he's due, in my opinion. So Neymar, for sure. Outside of Neymar... That's a tough one. Can I throw a name in there? Yeah, go ahead. De Bruyne? That's what, that's got, what I was going to say. If you, if, you look at their, if you look at their group as well, they've got such an easy group. Like, you know, well, not. You reckon? Wow. Well, I'd say Croatia are, are, are tough, but Canada and Morocco. And, you know, Belgium are like, re, I think, real kind of dark horses for this tournament as well. Because, I mean, look at their team from 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 the goalkeeper to, to, the, to the forwards. I mean, they've got world-class players in every position. So, yeah, I think I think De Bruyne is going to have a big one. Um, I liked your Neymar shout as well, but for me, I think I think this is like Messi's tournament. I think this is going to be his last tournament. You know, he's going to be 39 at the next one. I don't think he's going to play another World Cup. And I think he, like, desperately kind of wants that. Because that's, that's the one thing that people say about Messi is that he's not won a, he's not won an international stage yet. And that's the one thing that Ronaldo's got that he hasn't. Um, well, Copa America... Okay, okay. I guess you could say that, but yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I knew, I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I guess it's, I guess the Copa America is equivalent to the Euros, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, so so I guess so. But I think he, I think he really kind of wants a World Cup, and I think that's the one thing that when he looks back in his career and he doesn't have, it'll be the one thing like you know that he'll kind of regret. But so yeah, that's why I think Messi is going to have a, a good one. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to refute you though on your Belgium one. I actually disagree. I think Belgium could be in for a stinker of a tournament because you mentioned all really? those world class players, but I think. Those world-class players barred the Bruyne and Courtois are massively on the decline or injured. Like you look at Lukaku, he can't stay fit for for Inter this year. Hazard is a shadow of his former self. 
company is gone. Alderweireld and Vertonghen are, are basically dusted. Witzel is not the same player. I think you look all throughout that team and Bard De Bruyne, who for me is the best midfielder on, on the planet, Courtois, okay, top one or two goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. I, think, I think the rest of the team is on the, on the decline. I think this is kind of the end of that golden generation. But De Bruyne, I would agree with you. I think he's set for a big tournament because he's still that guy. Um, Dan, any anyone different? Because I'm looking at France and I'm going, no one's mentioned France. And obviously Didier Deschamps plays stinky football, but France... Yeah. And they've got the curse, but it's France. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know from France. They they just got so many stars in that team. They, like, I surely everyone thinks. I know you said Brazil might win it, but France are surely favourites. I've not actually looked at the odds, but I would, I would imagine not, France are the favourites for the tournament. N- not for me. Once Pogba and Kante went down injured, I can't. Oh, lie. that's I think true. Whatever, that's whatever true. you think of either of them, they're so crucial for that France team. Yeah. Like they've been yeah. so good for them recently. So that's a big loss for me. True. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I can tell you the odds just very quickly. France yeah, are third favourites. England are fourth favourites. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's UK odds, though. Yeah, true. UK who, odds are always inflate England. I think Brazil uh, are the favourites. No? Brazil are the favourites, and Argentina wow. very closely behind. Now, I'm not a betting man. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying to bet. I'm just looking at the yeah, odds yeah. for the purpose yeah. of argument. Um, so Dan, give me your play. I'll throw out mine. I'm going Messi and Neymar in any World Cup fantasy team because they're my boys. This yeah, is their World Cup. Yeah, I'm keeping them from yeah. start to finish, and it's I'm backing their stocks to a level that people will not understand. Um, if they go out, I'm keeping them in my team. Just yeah, staying <laughs> in. Um, Dan, who you got? Um, well, I, I like. I like the different players, though. Like, I could sit here and say, oh, I'm going to have Neymar and all Ronaldo. That, that's boring. Denzel Dumfries for Netherlands. Yes. <laughs> International <laughs> football hero. That's the kind of player I like. Uh, but yeah, obviously, like Neymar, Neymar, like the football he's playing at the moment, he probably is the best player in the world right now. Um, maybe that's contentious. I don't know. But I feel like he probably is. Um and the World Cup is coming when he's like at the peak of his entire career, seemingly. So, yeah, Neymar, Neymar for the tournament. And I don't hate the Dumfries shot, right? Because you looked at last Euros and one of the, the guys who probably took a lot of people by shot. Mm. I mean, two of them, I would have said Spinazzola and uh, yeah. Mala from, from Denmark. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Those, those wingback shouts could be an option. Mm. It'll be an interesting one. Um, right. I'm sure we will talk about World Cup Fantasy on the pod another time. Uh, as always, before we leave you, I'm going to leave you with an icebreaker. I'll very quickly get your thoughts on this, if you've had thoughts on it. Goat debate aside, so Messi-Ronaldo aside, you personally get to have or live one player's career. Who would it be and why? Uh, Liz, I feel like you've got a wall with names of players that you wish you could be. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> no, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think right now. Who, who, leave me, leave me till the end. I got to think about this. I'll come to you then. Yeah, uh, I thought about this one, and I think for me, I think I ended up going with David Beckham. And the, the reason is right because he had everything. Like you know, he had the the career, he had the lifestyle, you know, he had the fame. Like you know, there was he was at one point like the most kind of famous man on the planet. And I think if you're gonna live, if you're gonna pick to live, is like you know so. Uh, like the life of a footballer, you know, you, you pick the one who's got the, the overall best life. So, yeah, I mean, apart from apart from like you know uh, who you married, I think everything else I, I would have been happy with. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but yeah, I think David Beckham for me. Um, I mean, just growing up as well, I just totally admired him because I was like 
uh, you know, in the 90s, always I was like, you know, a kind of grown up and, you know, seeing David Beckham with the middle shade and, you know, trying to copy his hairstyle and everything. He was just somebody I looked up to. So, yeah, I think he he's one player who had everything. I think as a footballer, he was actually really underrated because of other, th- other things outside of his kind of football life, you know, his personal life and that. So, yeah. I love, I love, Abdul, you started this episode off with a famous shout, basically, you're in a Bollywood film. You finished the episode with saying, I wanted to be famous, I wanted to be David Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, Dan, you got anyone in mind? Um, oh, a few players. Uh, Jesse Lingard, I just think, is cool and forever young, which I kind of <laughs> relate to a lot. Name um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a massive fanboy of. Uh, I, I even copped the Brazil World Cup shirt just to be That's a That's hard. That's hard. It's yeah. really yeah. nice. I need to get myself one of those. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, But I'm actually going to say Jamie Vardy. And the reason for that is because it's an incline for the entire career, basically. You know, he starts off low and it just gets better and better and better. Whereas most other players, you like kind of reach a peak kind of in the middle and it's kind of downwards from there. With Vardy, it just kind of went up and up. Pretty much. Um, yeah, but what about, what about all the stuff that's going on with his missus and calling Rooney and... <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the ride, man. It's all part of the ride. <laughs> it's part of the journey. It's character building. Um, wait, do I have to have this person's wife as well? Can I just have my I'm, current wife? Abdul. Abdul said, forget football. I want, I want everything. So, yeah, you do. You have to, you have, to have their wife. You have to have okay, well, I need to do some research in that case. Uh, I'll come back to yeah, you. The question was wife, mate. So I think you've got yeah. to take everything in account. So... <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Maybe not Vardy then. <laughs> Jesse Lingard. All right. Got Be- Beckham to Vardy or Lingard to Leas. <laughs> what have you got, Leas? I'm going to go Fabregas. Fabregas is my pick. Fabregas was my favorite player growing up, so there's that as well. He's won everything there is to win at in his career. Yeah. And to top that all off, he's literally spends every single year of his career living in the best cities from London. Yeah. At Arsenal to Barcelona in Spain, he played in Monaco, and now he's living in Monza in Italy. So this guy gets to basically play in Hollywood resorts. Basically, plays beautiful football, good-looking guy, won everything there is to win. His wife's not bad either. So hey, <laughs> we can switch anytime you want. Why don't pick Jamie that. Vardy? These are such better shouts. Coming to these podcasts more prepared. I like the idea behind it, but then once Abdul started mentioning their personal lives, I was like, yeah, yeah. Vardy. Um, I'm going to go with, I don't know much about his personal life, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think... Um, oh, good show. The character, like, I love the character that he is. To have that much self-belief that he actually genuinely thinks he's been the best player in every year of his life um, is incredible. But then also his mentality, like he came back from a ruptured ACL in four months, which is like unheard of. Um, and then also he's played for Barca, he's played for Inter, um, he dominated at Ajax. And I, I just like the guy. Plus, I don't know much about his personal life, so I can't go like, oh, his wife is this or he's got this and that. I just think he's a he's he's a he's just some bloke. So mine is Latan, and uh, that is all we have time for. So um, Abdul, Dan, Leas, uh, thank you very much for hopping on the pod. Absolute pleasure hearing all the FPL tips and Leas as ever. You know, you know, I love you. You know, Despite all the stick I give you, you know, I love you. Um, for those of you listening, um, please make sure you drop a star or a comment or whatever it is. And if you're hearing this on social media, or if you've seen a clip on social media, then make sure you drop that a like as well. And we will see you on the next episode.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 